What is going on, everyone? This is episode 36 of the Attacker Zero podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Carter Noble, joined by our fantastic co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's going on today, man? We had SCG Dallas over the weekend, week one of the new modern with Stoneforge Mystic. Um, it was an event. wasn't like... You could say I... it was like a standard Dallas event because there's like mono red burn was like just running rampant around everybody, which is usually normal in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it's like the joke, the running joke is always be prepared for burn in Dallas because there's just so many people that play it. Turns out a lot of the SCG regulars took that to heart and played burn themselves. And I think yeah. team Lotus box had three in the top eight this past weekend. I mean, the so um jumping straight into results we have Dylan Donegan in second with Burn and then we have Zan Syed and Collins Mullen in fifth and sixth also playing Burn. Yeah. So like you know, immediately we recognize all three of those names. Mm-hmm. And all three of them are not known for playing Burn. Yeah, none so, of them. None of them. Maybe maybe Collins Mullen like once in a while, but like the rest of them, no, definitely not. No, nah, Collins is a humans player, man. You know, the the guy who popularized humans? Yeah, but that doesn't mean he didn't play Burn before. He usually, Collins usually plays what's good at the time, and yeah. Burn Collins is normally is, always Collins good. is very, very well known for just playing what he thinks is the best deck at the time. Yeah. Did you get to watch the finals of Dallas? I did not. Um, so it wasn't, even, was... it wasn't even a match. <laughs> yeah, you said, you're like, you text me, you're like, well, the doubt, the the Open's over. I'm like, didn't you just say final started? Yeah, it's over. So Dylan was about... So Dylan's flight left at, apparently, like, according to coverage, left about 8 o'clock, which would be 8 o'clock our time. Mm-hmm. When final started, it was just turning on to 7. <laughs> oh, so Dylan had been like waiting and pacing. You could see him like during Harland and uh, Ross's semifinal going back and forth in the back and just kind of walking around pacing, waiting for them to finish because Titan Shift and Wurza had this real slow grindy game in semifinals for the better part of at least 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dylan was done in like 10 because burn. So he sat he sat there waited about an hour for finals. The first match, uh, they're playing so quick. Uh, Harlan has turn three, Thopter Foundry. Dylan scoops on his turn three. Just picks him up and is done. The match took a total of fifteen seconds. Good lord! Second match, uh, they got to turn his Dylan got to turn four. Uh, Harlan had infinite on turn four and then he picked Dylan picked up his bag picked up his cards and ran out the door <laughs> he was gone and you know it's it's sad man it really is sad that like that's what it takes like in the finals you you expect a good game but because there's something like this it's just like well I can't win I had to leave like now and, you know we had that uh, that was an issue. A while back, there was a there was a GP where the guy just like forfeited the finals so he would make his flight. Yep. Um, I forget when that was. That was this year. It was this year. It was uh, a while back, though. And it's it just was... like you know, it's sad that like 
Oh, I, I don't even think it's sad. It's just like, it's weird, you know? It's weird that there's not enough incentivize, uh, incentivize, um, you're not incentivized to actually play it out. There's yeah. not, it's just not worth it. As opposed to, well, I have to go fly. Yep, I have, I have a, I have a flight. I do not want to pay X amount again for said flight. I need to go. <laughs> but well, yeah. you know what? I, I, I've never flown, so I have no idea how how accurate this is be. But like, if I make top eight, I'm looking at rescheduling my flight. That that's a lot of headache and time and money. Plus, you may is not it? have your okay. hotel for the next night and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's a lot of logistics that you if you if you do that you have to change. Yeah, it. I don't know. Um, um, so looking at I have Harlan's list pulled up here. Um, three Goblin Engineer, four Urzas, some Chromatic Stars. Uh, Chromatic Stars, Wellsprings, Bobbles to Loop for some card advantage. Uh, we have recently restricted Mystic Forge. Um, we have a Pyrite spell bomb. We still have a Nile spell bomb, which I think is like whatever. I could take that or leave it. It's some graveyard hate because there are graveyard decks still, it's like still kind of trying to push back into as we'll see when we get to the classic. Mm -hmm. um, plus, it cycles to draw a card if you needed to. So it's it's, it's actually the only piece of graveyard hate in his seventy five. Yeah, but it's also recurable with Goblin Engineer. So. Mm -hmm. Well, normally, normally you would see like a cage or so in this as well, just because you have were. Yeah. But we just don't need it here. So what do you think? What do you think about this? Uh, I've been saying this for the past like two weeks. Where's a the where's of any shape or variety is going to be the card that probably gets Mox Opal banned mm -hmm. in modern, like straight up. Uh. The Mox Opal does so many things for this deck to be able to allow it to just, like, an extra turn early for an Urza, meaning you can combo on turn three. Like, so, if there isn't, like, this deck is very, very strong. Uh, it will take a little while for it to, for the format to kind of warp around it, because just like KCI, it's, it's an artifact deck that doesn't just straight up die to artifact hate, yep. because they have so many ways to deal with said artifact hate. There's other game plans they can play. Like um, this version, Urza is just like its own answer to artifact hate. It's a main deck artifact hate answer because I'm it, I'm surprised we haven't seen like an uptick in pithing needles just to like shut off either uh, Softer Foundry or Urza or Goblin Engineer. Like it, there's a lot of things in this deck that it hits. Well, it um, stops. It stops the shuffle part of hers. It won't stop the mana part, though. Yeah, but you which know is it which does? is the problem for the artifact hate problem is because a lot of the artifact hate is like Stony Silence Collector Oof, and it's like, oh, we're gonna turn off your like Chromatic Stars and your Box Opals and all that other stuff. But then we just like here's Urza. Oh, I can still play things, mm -hmm. and so now my construct is a twenty twenty, and you wasted all your time on Stony Silence and Collector. Oof. 
You know what shuts off the uh, the mana ability on Urza? Frexing Revoker. Time to sleep him up. Uh, the only problem there is that opens those up to Galf Blast. True. Which they're playing main deck already. Um. Yeah, you're right. They were they were playing um, a non-zero amount of Fatal Push at one point, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so I, I actually really like the change to Galf Blast. Galf like, Blast deals with Stoneforge. You can deal with um, kind Urza of Urza in the mirror. Yeah, big like, big Urzas, kind of big Tarmogoyfs. This almost always is dealing four on like after post turn two. Like this is almost always yeah, deal exactly. Um. So Dylan Donegan here playing Burn. Nothing particularly stand uh, like standing out to me. We have five of the cycle land or the horizon lands. Uh, four sideboard core firewalkers. Uh, three smash to smithereens. Zero skullcrack in the main board. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Um, anything you want to comment on the burn decks here? Uh, I was going through and seeing how similar they are since they all came from the same team. Like, are they all pretty similar? Are they all like pretty close? Their sideboard um, numbers are different on on some of them. Yep. Zan has a couple Season Pyromancer in his board, alongside some Grim Lava Mancers. Uh, looks like main boards are the exact same, though. The main board's pretty much locked down, though, for almost every burn deck. Yeah, though. at this point, it's it's very hard to, uh, to actually change that up. Like, it comes down to what fetch lands do I have? Yeah, it, like, <laughs> what, what red fetches do I have is basically... Like... Exactly. So, I actually thought about picking up stuff for Burn. Like I actually day. did. Um, I started picking stuff up for it before Stoneforge got on band. Um, just as, like, a modern deck that I could put together that, like, I just have, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm still quite a bit off of it. Like, I think I'm missing, like, two Goblin Guides and the fetches. The fetches are going to be the expensive things just because I sold all mine off forever ago. Goblin like, Guide would be the expensive part for me because I have the fetches. I don't have some baked canyons, but they're not expensive, right? See, now. I I picked those and the fiery islets up already, so go me. <laughs> uh, looking at Collins' list, Collins was more set up for the mirror than probably the rest of them were with his four main deck core firewalker, four sideboard core firewalker. Um, they all had four in the board. Did they all have four? I thought one mm-hmm. of them only had two. Oh, it's just the Grim Lava Mancer on top of that. Yep, all, all four of them had it in the... Uh, I mean, all three of them had four in the board. Zan has no deflecting palm compared to the other two. Which, like, I could take or leave. I like deflecting palm when people are trying to kill you with creatures. I like deflecting palm in a world where batter skulls like a good threat. Exactly. Because it prevents that damage and you still deal them for. Exactly. So, like, if, if the format is moving towards the biggest creature wins, then, like, Deflecting Palm's going to be very good there. Yeah. Um, which is, like, A-plus against this Grixis Death Shadow deck in uh, in fourth place. Yeah. Uh, anything a- anything else you want to touch on, on Burn before I move on here? No, nah, we can move on. Um, this looks pretty stock at this point. Nothing standing out as new or unique in the main board we have a jvp um which has been 
hit or miss in the past. Um, interesting note, we have three Fatal Push, one Lightning Bolt, one K-Command. There's As, two more K-Commands on the side. That's kind of what I was looking for. It's like, only one K-Command in the 75 feels super wrong. But um, alongside that, we have, yeah, we have two more braids on the board, so, like, I have plenty of answers to Stoneforge. Collective Brutality is another answer to Stoneforge. Um, Plague Engineers in the board. Um, I could be wrong, but I didn't see, like, Oh, there is a there is a Tron deck in top eight. Yeah, he's eighth. Like place. I just did Tron just not show up? I think yeah, we have one in top eight, and the next Tron deck is down in twentieth. It looks like. You want to know why it didn't do very well? People didn't play it. Or it's playing Karn, was really it's good. Oh, this was playing Karn the Great Creator. It's playing Derpy Four Dops. Uh, deck that's trying that, to get please? to seven mana. Can we stop that, please? Can we? Like, I don't know how I feel about these Stragtos main board either. The Thragtusk main board was a concession because they expected a lot of burn. But, like, if you're expecting a lot of burn, play more worm coils. But usually burn has answer for worm coil. Usually the burn will answer that worm coil before you can get six life off of it. True. Not game uh, one, they ain't, though. Not game one, no, but game two and three, it's definitely that. It's definitely going to be which that. Is, plus, plus which is where you want to get Thragtusk anyway, yeah. But moving Thragtusk to the main means they get to keep their card package sideboard a little bit less uh, clunky, a little bit less clunky and they have more options. Which so means you cards. are both just like off it in mono green. So yeah, this is, this is, you don't need to be doing this. Like if you, if you're having to Michelsynth lattice lock your opponent on, on mono green Tron, you're obviously doing something wrong. <laughs> you have Karn liberated, you have Ugin the spirit dragon, you have Ulmog the ceaseless hunger. Yeah. The, you, the fact you can that make like, really you big have... walking ballistas, like, you just have so much good top decks at that point that, like, having Karn doesn't accomplish what you want it to. Yeah. Um, that being said, if if the artifacts in the format start picking up, I definitely like the, the move to Karn as a whole in the format. Um, yeah. Not necessarily in Tron, but, like, if, if the Wurza deck continues to be good, if Stoneforge becomes, like, obscenely powerful if hardened skills picks up in popularity then like moving towards eldrazi tron with your karn package is good um mm -hmm. moving towards like i know amulet was playing karn at one point like i think that's also just fine like i just don't think you need it in mono green tron yeah let's see here i think there we've was... touched on everything except this rakdos mid-range deck from John Lim in 7th place. This is probably my favorite deck from the weekend. This deck is... Weird. So... so it's, do you... Do you want to read this deck list? Do you want me yes, to? What, what's going I on want here? to, because... I, I watched... This, they had it on camera, and I got to catch it on camera every single time I played. I just... I don't know how I managed to do it, but I got to catch <laughs> this deck on camera every time they had it on camera, and it was great. So, it's... Uh, Kind of like reminiscence of Pyre, the Pyromancer decks where you're like spell heavy trying to use Bedlam Reveler to kind of get an advantage. Uh, yeah, this this reminds me of the old Mardu, Mardu Pyromancer's decks where like we have some mainboard Blood Moons here. Like we just have the like insane combination of Colgan's Command pick up my Bedlam Reveler. Let's, um, let's, let's read this deck list, man. So we've got three Bedlam Reveler, 
four Dreadhorde Arcanists to play with all of our Lightning Bolts, our Lightning Axe, our, our Fatal Pushes, our Thought Seizes, and IOKs. Most of our spells are around the one mana interaction pieces. So Dreadhorde Arcanist is almost an auto-include because it's just buying back so many of our spells that are so important. Uh, Seasoned Pyromancer is our Faithless Looting on a body which can help us dig deeper for more cards, can give us a couple bodies to block with. Um, also has the cool thing is like if we manage to discard it like to a Bedlam Reveler and not get anything out of it, we can still get value out of it later on through the uh, through the activated ability. Uh, Hazard the Fervent makes a comeback because this card was like so good and standard and people trying to slot it into Affinity and Modern and other like weird decks in Modern. And it's come back into the Rakdos midrange deck as just this big, unstoppable beater that can also just help you pitch more cards to deal more damage. Uh, as for spells in the deck, we're playing three Blood Moon. Uh, I honestly would rather have like something, some of these sideboard cards in the main and probably board Blood Moons out. The format isn't so much revolved around non-basics right now, so I don't know why these Blood Moons being main are like such a big, important thing. Um, my thought process is um, they were anticipating a lot of big mana decks, which is where Blood Moon can be good. Like, shutting off Tron, shutting off Valakut. Like, Blood Moon is good there, especially when you're backing it up with like a Hazaret or like a Seasoned Pyromancer to just beat your opponent to death very quickly. Uh, to counter that argument, we all know Dallas is, like, super burn-centric. Yep. Every time they go to Dallas, burn is usually in the top three, even if it had never showed up in the format before, because that's just what the people in Dallas play is burn. Yep, when, when so you force it. So why do we expect big mana decks to do really well, like Tron, when their yeah. burn matchups are usually closer to unfavored to average? So it's just like, why why are you expecting so many Tron decks to make it through all the burn lists that are in the room? I just don't, this just doesn't get, like, put them in your sideboard, pull mm -hmm. up these collector brutalities. Or these... Oh, like, I, I'm not disagreeing. I, I don't think Blood Moon is is particularly strong right now. Um, but even even when it's not, like, you can discard it to Season Pyromancer or, like, Liliana the Veil. But... I'm I'm not in love with that. Like, just I I would feel terrible seeing them in my hand of just like here's my Blood Moon hand that has my Black Cleave Cliffs and my uh, Sun Baked Canyon and like yep. a couple black spells that I can't I can't afford to play this Blood Moon now. Yep. the The fact that we are on I mean we're on eight fetches, which is a non-zero amount, and they're all eight black fetches, but they have to be. <laughs> yeah exactly when when you're trying to play a blood moon deck like you need your your splash color um let's see here i haven't even got to the cool part yet uh these chandra's acolyte of flame oh yeah are this... super cute being able to just like here's my three mana make a two two make two 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 one ones every turn for like it, unless you deal with this thing it's going to keep doing this because it's going to be able it's able to do it infinitely mm-hmm uh, also being able to recur like Coligan's Command, Lightning Bolt, um, out of the sideboard you could recur Pillage or your Collective Brutality. Like being able to recur these spells are super important, especially when your deck is just revolved around flashbacking spells out of your graveyard to get just to incur incremental advantage. 
And then also we have the three Layla, uh, Liliana the Veil, which almost almost a necessity now that everyone's kind of just playing in your hand to the hand and field. Liliana deals with mm-hmm. both of those things very, very well. Um, the sideboard is where it starts to get like a little touch and go. There's a couple things I want to change, a couple things that, like, like I said, I want the Blood Moons out of the main. You can bring these collective brutalities in the sideboard up into that spot and probably be fine. Um, I like the Nile Spell Bombs. I like the Plague Engineers. There's two of each of those. I like the third Colgan's Command because Stoneforge mm-hmm. Mystic is a thing. Uh, I like the Surgical Extractions. Probably would only play one if I'm playing two Nile Spell Bomb because Surgical Extraction is just like, here's a little bit of extra on top of it. Just kind of help. But yeah, I don't need to draw two copies of this card to win because I have Season. I have Dreadhard Arcanist in my deck. Um, I think I'm not actually, a fan of Kalidas. See, I'm, I'm, I'm the other way around where... The, the Surgical Extractions, I actually like more because I'm on Dreadhorde Arcanist. I'm just saying is we don't need two copies of the card because then we if we have like all these copies of Surgical Extractions sitting in our hand, we're not really doing anything with them. Like, True. A, so like after the first one, the first one's usually really, really strong. The second one's okay. The third one doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Hence why it's just like, if I just have the one, I can flash it back with uh, Arcanus when I need to, and it'll be good. But then if I rip another one off the top, I'm kind of just sitting here looking at it, not really doing a whole lot with it, because it's kind of just dead in my hand. Uh, also, not a fan of Kalidus right now. I think that was their concession to Burns really popular in, in Dallas. But I don't think that's a... I don't think that's where I want to be. Three Collector Brutality is your concession to burn in Dallas. Yeah. That card hoses it. Like, oh, yeah, like all, you, you, all three modes are relevant against you get pl- You can get a potential up to plus nine on life if you get it right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, why? Why play this clunky four-mana card against the deck that's probably trying to kill you on turn three or turn four? Because they're just going to dump their hand of spells into your face, and then Kalidus is going to just come down on four, and there's no bodies on the board for it to block into. And then they just bolt you again. Um, I would rather have it be like a second Chandra Torture Defiance or something for the for the more grindy games. I agree. Uh, and this Pillage. I love Pillage in these yeah, Rakdos I, I decks. Think, I think Pillage is very good here. Uh, being able to just like... Oh, there goes your Valakut. Oh, there goes your Tron land. Oh, there goes your uh, Construct. Oh, there goes your Thopter Foundry. Being able to just do that and it's welding jar proof is super yeah. important. Um, I am concerned that we don't have any number of braids. Um, I really like a braid in this format because it can deal with... Like, it's spot removal for burn, it's removal, like, artifact removal for the Wurza deck, it deals with either half a Stoneforge Mystic, um, it just, I I feel like a Braid stock in this format is going to go up. I feel like we can just take these Blood Moons out if we're playing Pillage. Yeah, I I don't think we need... We can cut these Blood Moons entirely, bring these Brutalities out of the sideboard to the main board because it's such a good card right now because it deals with Stoneforge. It's good against Control. Yep. It's good against the big yep. mana deck still. 
Like, because you could just kind of slow them down. All you, all you have to do on a Zeractos midrange deck is just slow them down a little bit. Make turn four Tron instead of turn three Tron. And that's just like a little bit of extra oomph you usually need. Uh, if we cut these Blood Moons, bring these Brutalities up, we could fit a Braid and then some other spells into here easily piece. Yeah, like we can, we can get this Kalidus, um, get a, a second Torture Defiance in here, move these Brutalities up, play a non-zero amount of of uh, a Braid. I want I want another grindy thread as well. Like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I would want though. I don't think um, it's Kalidus though. No, it's I, definitely not. I for sure know I don't want Kalidus there. Yeah, it's definitely not Kalidus. I don't know. Another grindy thread in black red is usually harder to come by because black red doesn't like to grind by itself usually. Usually we're just like either all up in your face or playing the slow, slow kind of kill game. Like, just going to slowly kill you instead. We're not there to, like, keep pressure up by trading resources and staying up. Usually we're there by just, like, we'll trade all of our life to try and kill you. So we're not really playing a grindy, grindy game plan like Jund would or anything like that because, like, Jund has scavenging news and Tarbogoy, if they can just block bodies for days, and whereas we don't have access to stuff like that. So I don't know what kind of grindy threat we could play in a spot to kind of get there. I would definitely like a second Chandra Torture Defiance for just like extra threats, but I like where this is at to start. This was a good start for it mm-hmm. um, in a post-Faithless Looting world. It's, it's getting there. Season Pyromancer might be the answer for Faithless Looting that everybody's been looking for, so... Heard it here first. Pick these guys up. They're still they're still really cheap for what I think. Like they're still yeah for a for mythic from Modern Horizons. Like twenty six dollars is super cheap to get pick these guys up, especially seeing a sense of seeing play still in other formats. Man, I remember when this card was like eight bucks, and I debated picking him up, and I didn't think it was going to be very good, so I didn't. Hmm. Regret. Yep. Immediate regret. Um. um. So moving down to uh, 9th through 16th, we have our first Stoneforge Mystic decks. Um, the Orzhov Smallpox deck here in 9th place. Um, four Stoneforge, one Batter's Gold, one Fire and Ice. Some Lingering Souls, some Smallpox with your Blood Gas, and then a bunch of Planeswalkers and Gideon and Liliana. Um, thoughts? I like Smallpox. I don't know if I like See, Smallpox I'm, I'm, plus... Plus Stoneforge, though. See, I have never been a fan of Smallpox. I, I, I enjoy Smallpox. I enjoy Smallpoxes just a lot because it's just like... Probably just like... I would consider it almost 8-rack-ish, but it's just like usually that's a little bit better because you just like... Then they... Like, you just tax their resources so much that your opponent doesn't even really get to do anything. Whereas we have Flagstones with Troke here, so we actually get to do stuff. <laughs> but, um... I'm not sure I like Stoneforge plus Smallpox because that's yeah, just a that lot one seems on two. Weird. That is a lot because you're like Stoneforge is this game plan of I need to play to the board, I need to keep things on the board to carry these equipment to get this stuff going, and then there's the opposite side of the problem where here's my Smallpox. Oh, I have to get rid of my Stoneforge Mystic now. Womp womp. So it's like oh, it's like oh, here's. I have to play this because otherwise I die, but 
there goes Stoneforge and the sword I picked up. Or, like, they don't play well together. Mm -hmm. Smallpox is trying to tax the people who are playing towards the board and kind of keeping a hand up, kind of keeping their hand full. Whereas Stone, uh, whereas Stoneforge kind of wants to play to that board state and get ahead like that. So they don't play together well. Kind of weird. It's just a weird thing. Uh, um, down here in 10th, uh, we have Jacob Norden playing Azorius Control. Um, I'm actually comparing it to Pete Ingram's list down in 12th, and they're pretty close. I mean, it's what you would expect from Blue-White. Um, few minor differences here. Um, Pete has a Dismember. Jacob has a Dovin's Veto. Um, their Counterspell Suite's a little different. We have four Force of Negation, two Mana Leak, two Cryptic. Uh, two Spell Snare, and then over in Jacob's list, we have two Cryptic, a Dovin's Veto, three Force, a Logic Knot, a Mana Leak, and two Spell Snare. Um, just a little bit of minor differences. The Tension Sphere in one, um, as opposed to a second Supreme Verdict. Like, I... Um, I forget who I was talking to, but they, they were saying that... Um, Tefiri Hero of Dominaria is not the threat it once was, and I think I've come to the conclusion that Tefiri by itself does not win games in the same manner, like, okay, Tefiri is more, more go over the top, whereas Tefiri Time Raveler is just like a slamming the door on your uh, control opponent. Hero Dominaria has kind of just felt win more in the most games I've played against yep. it now. It's just so like, well, I, I, you're I, I already kind of come to the same conclusion. So, um, in my blue-white list, I have not played a Hero of Dominaria, and I don't anticipate playing one, just because I don't think... Ever since we got Time Raveler, I don't think you need this five-mana go-over-the-top Planeswalker. Um, i rather lower my curve a little bit, play my three mana planeswalkers and like if necessary play a second or a third copy of jace yeah i agree um jacob has the monastery mentor plan in their board and if we're on stoneforge mystic i don't know how much i like monastery mentor just because i feel like the majority of the time you're going to be keeping in the stoneforge package like, there's yeah. very few times I think that you're going to be boarding that out to, like, make your opponent's removal bad. And as a result, like, there's never really a point where I want to bring Mentor in alongside Stoneforge where they also are always going to have their removal spells. Agreed. Um, so, like, again, that's just something in the little bit I've played with it that I haven't really, really been satisfied with. Um, to rest in peace, a Stony Silence... A couple Celestial Purge, which I don't know how I feel. Um, a Disdainful Stroke, one Disenchant, one Surgical, one Lyra, two Timely, one Wrath. Um, not really my board plan, but I respect it nonetheless. Yeah. See, like, it, it was probably good, like, they were probably just, like, what they're expecting. It's probably good, just, like against a variety of things mm-hmm. rather than being focused on trying to beat certain strategies. Yeah, and, so, and that's especially exactly for week you, one. 
That's especially what you need in modern specifically. Like you just need all of your sideboard cards to do something relevant as often as possible. Yeah, like for for a week one format, being able to answer as many decks rather than being focused on what's going to be what you expect to be at the top is probably better. Uh, moving on to 11th, Devoted Devastation. Notably, uh, this is the version that is playing Stoneforge Mystic and Viridian Longbow for an extra combo kill, essentially. Yeah, it basically turns any creature into Walking Ballista. Once yeah. once you go infinite. Well, it, it turns specifically... It turns Devoted Druid into a Walking Ballista. Yeah. Which is super, it's super nice just to have an extra wind gun that Stoneforge Mystic can fetch up. Uh, I know you have been saying it. I've always enjoyed these, uh, the Stoneforge Mystic decks that are with a combo finish on mm-hmm. top of it. I have been like really fun and cool to watch to play. Like uh, I were trying to get together a Korra Home, a night like a Night of the Reliquary Korra Home combo deck with Stoneforge Mystic going. I have... Prime Speaker Vanifier combo with Stoneforge Mystic listed like on my phone, ready to go if I need to. Um, so Stoneforge Mystic plus combo deck might actually be like the better plan. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't see like more people on Wurza playing Stoneforge Mystic than Goblin mm-hmm. Engineer. Which uh, I'm fine with. As a guy who owns eight Goblin Engineers, I want yeah, that card stock. Yeah, of course you're it. fine with it. Because like, <laughs> here's the thing. Stoneforge Mystic answers so much of the like the problems that this deck has, and it wants to be a grind. Like, the deck's backup plan is it's a grindy mid-range deck with, like, the constructs and everything like that. Stoneforge Mystic helps that plan. Yep. So that's why I'm just like, why are we playing Goblin Engineer, which is the combo enabler that can be answered easily and is can be hated out on and then we just have urza and that's it like that's that's all our backup plan is is karn is constructs from urza if we play stoneforge mystic we get to play a batter skull in the random spots that we have because there's still a bunch of just flex spots in that deck to determine your meta like that you can determine based on your meta and Stoneforge Mystic helps out your grindier games where you're trying to play this mid-range game. If they waste all their hate on Stoneforge Mystic and the card that you got from Stoneforge Mystic, then that means it opens the door for Thopter Foundry Urza to kind of just win the game right there. Also, Stoneforge Mystic can just grab Sword of the Meek, which is, we all know, is obviously the best sword right now. It's the one that kills you. It's the sword that actually can kill you. (laughs) Well, the sword doesn't kill you. The sword is 100% what kills you because Thought for Foundry needs the sword to kill you. <laughs> I feel like the the army of Thopters is how I died, but you know, Can't semantics. make the army without the sword. Semantics. <laughs> uh, I like this, that it's like, it's less on the one mana mana dorks. It's only playing two birds of paradise. Um, I feel like with... No, there's, there's six, four nobles in there as well. Yeah, no, no, it's, oh, six, okay. it's, it's six instead of eight. Okay, gotcha. I like that it's two less than normal because usually the deck's like, here's 12 mana dorks. What are you going to do now? Like, you have 13 mana on turn four. What do you want to do? Draw a relevant I have no spell, hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I lost my hand because I played all my mana dorks. <laughs> Where'd my hand go? Uh, so two birds of paradise, four nobles, uh, four devoted druid. Having 10 mana dorks is it's better 
because it's just like Ren and Six is a thing. It kills Bird of Paradise, kills Noble Hierarch. It's real bad. Uh, <laughs> Giver Runes being a four of in this deck means it's like we can go Giver Runes into Devoted Druid into Combo Kill You because mm-hmm. you will never be able to get through this Giver Runes unless you answer it immediately. Yep. Um, I like the Shalai as, a, as another backup. So there's like three win conditions in here. So once um, once we go infinite, we have a walking ballista, a Shalai, uh, Stoneforge to get longbow, and then finale to go infinite. Finale to just go really big, yeah. Yep. Um, notably, there's no Duskwatch. Yeah, I disagree with that. I want at least one. Like I don't want this Dryad Arbor. If you want me to be honest. I like the Dryad Arbor as a fetchable kill card with Finale because it gets it ha- it gives it haste. Does it give haste? Yes, it Finale does. Devastation gives haste and plus X plus X. It doesn't give trample. No. That's Neat. why I like Dryad Arbor. Yeah. It is if you're if you're almost board locked and you need to get in, fetching Dryad Arbor is a line to win the game. I have just never been impressed with that card. I honestly don't want this Tireless Tracker in the main deck. Yeah, that's like... I feel like the Tireless Tracker is like, hey, I want to grind. And like, when in reality, you should just be like, I'm trying to combo kill you. Game one should almost always be specifically trying to combo kill your opponent. Almost every time. In the event the combo kill doesn't work is when you go to your Stoneforge backup plan. Exactly. Uh, sideboard. This Aethersworn Cannonist can be any other, uh, any other Storm Hate piece. <laughs> like, I don't know if like, Storm Hate, man. Like, I don't know would be fine. It's, it's mainly to stop Urza. And, like, it doesn't even stop Urza. Exactly. That's why you. That's why we play these cards. We were playing these storm hate cards still because it's like, oh well, if Urza flips a whir of invention, that stops it right there because they can't cast the whir. And things like that. And then it's just like, here's Ether Sword Cannonist. That if they keep flipping on, if they keep flipping artifacts, they get to keep going off and keep making mana mm-hmm. until they can eventually answer your Ether Sword Cannonist. Also, this thing's a two-two. It just dies to everything. I don't know Kinetic is three mana and it's a one four. Like <laughs> I will have you know the number of people I've killed with an Aether Sworn Cannonist is in the teens. Is that in modern though? Alright, we're we're talking like single digits at this point. Exactly. <laughs> um I like this Thrun. The number of Burns and Forge Tender is good. I like that number. Um I like three Knight of Autumn. I want a Klasali Pride Mage because Torpor Orb wrecks you. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we do not get to combo kill, Torpor Orb just smashes us. So, we kind of need that. I kind of like, you almost always have to play one Klasali Pride Mage. Almost always now. Because everyone's playing Torpor Orb. What do you want to talk about next? We're kind of just stuck on these decks in the modern open. You want to move on to the classic? Yeah, let's go over to the classic and talk about um, more burn. <laughs> uh, more like more jund. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we haven't seen a jund list yet. 
There was a Jund over there. I just kind of, on the other side, I just skipped it. It's like whatever, right? <laughs> it's what Jund. Are, Jund what is are these Jund. Jund lists doing? Anything? Anything cool? Got a Plague like Engineer mainboard. Main I like Plague I like Engineer. I like that a lot. Um, get this Last Hope in here. Yeah, Last Hope's really fun, too. Kills Mana Dorks. But notably, the winner of it all was Dredge. People cut their, their too much of their graveyard hate, man. They swapped their graveyard hate, and at this point, I feel like you could slap, slot any with just one mana card that does something for the graveyard into Dredge, and it'll probably be fine for right now. Like, you're never going to get to the power that Faithless Looting was to begin with, so any of these one mana cards, Tome Scour, Hedron Crab, Neonate, Stitcher Supplier, any of these one mana cards are going to all pretty much just be the same power level pretty much across the board. It comes down to how much of your mana base are you willing to change because this mana base hurts. Yeah, it's not pretty, man. There's like there's three City of Brass in here. Uh, you have two Forgotten Cave now. So if, like, if that's like your only land in your hand, you're just screwed. You're not going to do anything until turn three, probably. At that point, I just start just I wouldn't even play lands and just start pitching cards. Um, there's a Gemstone Mine, which was like in the older dredge lists, but kind of got rotated away when Fiery Islet came out. I'm surprised this list isn't playing Fiery Islet being on Tomescar. Can these City of Brasses just be like some number of Fiery Islet and then a second Gemstone Mine? Oh, that's Tomescar. I thought it was Thoughtscour. No, this is Tomescar. This is blind flip five cards, hope I hit a dredger. I played this card in a very, very bad mono blue mill deck back in Standard. That's the only reason I know this card exists. Um, Tome Scour, Thought Scour, Hedron Crab, Neonate, Stitcher Supplier. They all there's, fall in this category. There's all there's a whole bunch of other ones, and they all have like their good spots and their bad spots. Tome Scour is the hedge that we have to flip a blind, mm. like a blind five, and try to find a card. And if we do, cool. If we don't. Kind of slowed mm, down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Thought Scour is in the same boat of I only flip two, which is less odds, but I get to replace it. And if I manage to flip two, then that two can become seven. Uh, Neonate's in the same kind of boat. Neonate is if you have a dredger in your hand, you can kind of like, here's my Neonate on turn one. Oh, they tried to kill it. Pitch it. Pitch this Stinkweed Imp. Flip five cards in the yard there we go we kind of got the engine started so it's just trying to figure out what's the best way to keep your engine going and how to get it started mm -hmm. hedron crab has been like the worst one i've seen so far yeah because it's so reliant on fetch lands and you're only playing six i do not think that card is very good also getting getting playing hedron crab on like playing these blue cards on top of your conflagrates your your cathartic reunions, your creep, like your life from the loams, means you have to have red, blue, and green by turn two. And the Rainbow Lands will do that for you, but it's going to hurt a lot, especially the format where burn is a thing. Like these City of Brasses negate your creeping chill advantage you have over burn because you're just hurting yourself so much to play your spells in the hopes that you flip a creeping chill. Um. I've had thoughts of going to 
cutting the blue cards entirely and becoming just a straight Jund build, except for like Prized Amalgam be like the only card left that's blue. Uh, cutting these Dark Abibas for Grave Crawlers and playing Stitcher Supplier as my additional enabler because that synergy there between Stitcher Supplier, Prized Amalgam, and Grave Crawler is so strong. Being able mm -hmm. to just like, I have a recurrable 2 1. This thing can't block, but it's going to get there eventually. <laughs> So, like, the recurrable 2-1 brings back the 3-3, three, three, and it's just it's, it's kind of like a hinge from the uh, old Hogak Bind decks, which were, they were, they were kind of on this, like, plan to begin with, where it's just like, here's the Hogak package and the spells from Dredge, smash them together. <laughs> uh, what is this Orzhov Stoneblade 7th? What is this? I don't know, but my phone was making noise. Yeah, this is um, Dead Guile. Is it Dead Guile? They just they just called it Orzhov Stoneblade. I mean, that's basically what Orzhov Stoneblade is. I mean, I'd rather call it Dead Guy Ale. Like, I agree. Dead Guy, Dead Guy Light, or something like that. Like Dead Guy Light Ale. There we go. <laughs> because it's the modern version instead of the legacy version. <laughs> Keeping with the the beer, the beer theme. Exactly. A light ale. Um, yeah, I like this I a mean, lot. I played yeah. against this on Friday, and it was it was really it was really good. I was playing Infect, so I was just like, this just hoses me because this is like the worst matchup for me. Oh yeah, because they just they have so many answers for my like my strategy. But if I had been playing like say like a creature based strategy or like wasn't Infect or like anything unfair, I feel like this would have a hard time. Yeah, so this is four Tide Hollow Scholar, four Dark Crawfinite, four Stone Blood, uh, four Stoneforge, one Cletus, which I actually really like the Cletus in this list. I like it in this one, yeah, because we like we we are in like dude centric mode. We need dudes, and like we're all about killing our opponents' dudes. So Cletus kind of just like enables that plan a little bit more. Um, four Veil, Stoneforge package is a better school and a Fire and Ice. Um, I kind of want a Light and Shadow to go alongside it. Being able to pick up Tidehuller Scholar, um, Dark Confidant, yeah. if we need card advantage. Like, um, three Fatal Push, one Kaya's Guile. Um, I think this card's actually in a position where it can start doing something in modern. Instant Speed 1-1! One, one. Like, it makes it dude at 1-1, one, one, like, at, at Instant Speed... Uh, it's incidental graveyard hate, incidental burn hate, and like it's a removal spell. Like there's a lot that this card is doing that I'm on board with. Yeah. A uh, couple path path. Um, one brutality, three inquisition, three thoughtsies, and of course four lingering souls. Uh, rounded yeah. out with twenty four lands, with an urborg in there, a couple shambling vents, some field of ruins. What do we got in the board? A little bit of this, a little like bit a, of that. A wet ball, a couple fulminator mage, a couple plague engineer, a rest in peace, two stony silence, a disenchant, a third path, two surgical, a Campbell's soup, a Gideon allies in the car, and a second collector brutality. Hmm. I like this Campbell. I really, I, I really like Campbell. I like him right now, uh, especially with like Urza being a thing. It's just like. Oh, you want to, every time you want to do that, or you're just going to get got because Urza casts that spell. 
So I really like Plague Engineer right now in this format too. Yeah, uh, I I have slotted it into my sideboard as a tutor target for Pod <laughs> on my Pod Bomb builds, and it's it's been hilarious. Just like against humans, it's like oh oh, I'm going to sack my t- random two drop. Here's my Plague Engineer that you cannot respond to. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was hearing rumblings of people like, oh, give us back pod. It will be it'll be fine. I'm like, no, no, it won't. Please stop. They haven't. They they have not fixed the problem of here's really good creatures that have really good ETBs. Yeah. Uh, just incremental know. value. I don't know who would be advocating for pod to be unbanned. <laughs> I want twin first and then you can give me pod. That's that's the train I'm getting on now is give me twin. The next um, one before pod, I might get on the give me green sun train. Oh, would, they get they cannot give us green suns either. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, you say so. <laughs> um, this is the second gift storms deck I've seen. Yeah, there was the top. one in eleventh uh, or fourteenth in the open. Yeah, like this is the second one. I guess it. Yeah, I guess it is better. Uh, it's a little bit better now, and they're playing Pyromancer's Ascension to kind of play around the uh, wet ball problem. See, I was never on board with playing this when, um, when there was a lot of removal going around. Like when the format is playing to the board, man, does Storm have a hard time doing its thing? Because you're like, all right, cast my dude, cast my ritual. Oh, you killed it. Okay. I think the thing that's making Storm better is just Reman's a better spell now. So you actually get, like, your Reman's actually mean something again. Rather than just being, oh, here's... They played their one mana spell, and I'm just sitting here looking at my Reman when they have one open mana again. Like, um, I can't do anything. The thing I'm on board for is the Twiddle Storm deck, where I have my Hexproof land that you can't interact with. That also has the potential to fizzle much easier than Storm does. See, I I haven't I, I have not tried it, but I have watched uh, Caleb playing it on his stream. He's picked it up, and he's very like it's super fun for him. But he like what he, you know how hard he is on himself when he plays these decks, mm-hmm. and like he'll look at it and he'll look at his hand and he'll go through everything, and it's just like, and then he realizes, oh, this doesn't get me anywhere. I just fizzle. <laughs> and I then he's just Unbound like, and Psychic Puppetry are like the two cards you really need to start going off. Like those are the two car, uh, two cards that are the best. And if you do not draw very well, you're kind of just dead in the water. Yeah, which is oh, where okay. your Past and Flame comes in handy. But like, I don't know. You have, to, I, you have I, to get enough mana built up to get to that point. I really like the deck, but I also have zero reps with it, so I can't contest to how good it is. I have seen the green versions running around playing Sylvan Scrying to find our Lotus Field. Uh, the thing I don't get is people are splashing green when they're not even maxing out on Teleria West first. Like These lists were. That's from what I saw. They were maxed out on Teleria. They were all about just trying to find Lotus Field and trying to get to where they can have Lotus Field in their hand on turn three, consistently kill people doing that. See, I think I'd rather have like Expedition Map on three. Like uh, uh, the blue red builds were doing that for a little bit. They started playing the expedition map to try and do that. Uh, but it also just kind of just makes their hands clunky because if mm-hmm. they have like two or three maps in hand, they don't really get to do anything. 
Whereas oh, yeah, Silver would... Scrying counts as a spell towards winning the game. Yeah, I, I would not be maxing out on them for sure. I think it was I think the list I watched was like here's it was four Talario S, two Sylvan Scrying, and then like an expedition map is just like extra ways to find the land. Like that was the best way to do it from what I saw. Um But I haven't seen Twiddlestorm pop up in a while. I saw there's I think it was on camera this past weekend at Dallas, but it wasn't really on there for very long. That might be uh an explanation as to why it wasn't. You want to move on to our new stuff that we got over the weekend, over this week? Uh, do you want to do that? You want to preview indie real quick? We can preview indie real quick. There's it's it's team non unified modern. Yep, just team modern. Um, I know there's from what I've heard, there's quite a bit going on this weekend at the at the GP. Um, Brainstorm Brewery is going to have a like after party. Um, where they're going to have a ton of people just there to draft, like, free drafts I am on board with. Um, unfortunately, I have to work this weekend. Otherwise, I would be making a trip to Indy. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, I have Saturday off. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Brainstorm Brewery, guys. Um, if if you don't listen to them and want to know basically anything about Magic Finance, I would, I would give them a listen. Um... But yeah, Team Modern, what are you playing? Uh, good question. If if you had a team right now, what would you be playing? Probably just like Grixis Death Shadow. <laughs> Why I Death Shadow? The, uh, I like Death Shadow right now just because it's kind of, it's like, if the whole format isn't burn like Dallas is, you have a pretty fair game against uh, Stoneforge Mystic decks. You have a pretty fair game against the Tron decks. Um, you're, you're more 50-50 to the majority of the field, which is what I feel is important in a team format because you don't know what you're playing against, like what seat, like mm-hmm. like like what your opponent's going to have every time. And it's a team format game, so you want to be as have as many 50-50 matchups across the board as you can. So I feel like Rich's Death Shadow has a good number of 50-50 matchups that I'd be comfortable playing it right now. See, I, I'm i a big fan of Wurza. Um, I'm a big fan of Burn right now. I would play... Personally, I'm for the next foreseeable future, I'm playing um, Blue-White Stoneblade. So, like, because of that, I'm a big component of, of playing that. But I don't know, man. You can... Yes. I feel like at this point in modern, you can literally play anything and be good with it. Like it because it's still so early in the format that people are not aware of the power level of what like would be considered tier one. Yeah, and like the power level difference between tier one and tier two is not that major. Like it would be in standard. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm still kind of a big component of like playing big mana decks, but I I don't know how Tron versus Wurza goes. Uh, depends on if Wurza has early needle or not, because okay. the deck just loses to Karn Liberated. Good, good. That's what I. Like it, it it works like any Lantern or um, or were based prison deck. 
yeah, any any word praise prison deck that has played against Tron before, they all play the same. You need to have needle early, otherwise you just die to Karn Liberated. And like one needle is not a, a nail in the coffin because then they also have you know a non zero amount of O stones to just like clean up the board and yeah, it, it gets bad pretty quickly. Usually we can like play around the O stone and like pick up from their hand or make the millet like in Lantern Control did, mm-hmm. but it was usually the Karn Liberated. It's like here's Karn Liberated, eat your resource. Now you're just like behind the eight ball against a Karn. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I'd be playing, I like Grixis Death Shadow a lot right now. Uh, I feel like it was just like, it was so close to being like super good, uh, again. And just like Dallas isn't really a good format for that because there's so many burn players. So all of the Grixis Death Shadows have to be really good against like, have really know the matchup against burn, how to play, like what life needs to be at to like stay alive where how like, it's just this balancing act of so many things going on that, feel like a lot of the players that hadn't probably played death shadow in probably three or four months kind of just weren't prepared for so uh, eldraine let's talk about throne of eldraine mechanics specifically because there's there's a little bit of spoilers out but we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna save all that for the spoiler show when we get the full spoiler out so yeah um we have a few different, a few different interesting mechanics here. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is these adventure cards. Is that not as not as good as I was card? hoping? <laughs> um, not as good as I was hoping. So be. the way adventure works, or these are basically split cards, but the second half is a creature. Um. So looking here, my the the one so. The one I have played with so far is Beanstalk Giant, which is a seven mana, uh, seven mana giant whose creature whose power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control. Um, he also has this spell called Fertile Footsteps for a green and two. Uh, search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So the way this works is on turn three, you'll cast Fertile Footsteps Ramp. And then when that spell resolves, you're going to exile it, and you can cast Beanstalk Giant from exile. But from my understanding, it only works if the spell resolves, and the card can only be cast from exile if it was put there through adventure. Yeah. So it's like a weird version of the Karn Silver Tokens things, just like, these are the cards Karn can see that are in exile, and these are the cards you can pick from. Which Maybe is, they make like an adventure token to represent like this is on a like it's out on an adventure. Maybe something like that to kind of represent that. That'd dude, be nice. otherwise it's going to be really complicated. I would like that. Just like here's this little th- tab that says adventure. It goes on the stack uh, on the specific cards in exile that were, have been cast through an adventure and exiled that way. That way you're not getting confused by, oh, this person had managed to exile the creature with an adventure that mm-hmm. has an adventure spell, but it wasn't cast using adventure. Like it, the adventure's path wasn't cast. So it's like, you can't cast it again. Um, I like it. It's not as good as I want it to be. Yeah. It's, it's not nearly as insane as I originally thought it was going to be. Um, I was hoping it was something like, like either like an actual split card like we saw in Ravnica, 
or like a like flashback kind of thing. Um, because like Flaxen Intruder, which is a one-two for one, uh, whenever it deals combat damage to your player, you may sacrifice it when you do destroy artifact or enchantment. Um, its adventure is seven mana. Like, so like that's a lot. Yeah, like so for eight mana, you then make three two-twos. And a one-two. And a one-two. Like, that's not very good value. No. So, like, I was really anticipating, I'm like, man, this card's really good on turn one, because, like, you can do things, and, like, it's really good on turn seven, because you get to do things. I'm just like, in reality, it's just like, man, this is kind of meh. But what we thought about with Teferi being the thing to begin with is bouncing your creature to cast the adventure half to exile to cast your creature again later. Yeah, that, that line that works is because just, that's so gross, though. Yeah, it's because Tefiri is a god awful card, and like it was a design mistake. But you know who whoever said that before? I know, right? It's not like we've been saying this for the past month and a half at least. There's there's a reason I'm playing it in modern, man. Yeah. Uh, the other mechanic that is like printed card mechanic that's actually like a mechanic is a uh, adamant. So we've been a lot we're doing a lot with multicolors, a lot of Ravnica stuff. So it's going to be kind of nice to get back to being monocolored, like just straight monocolor cards. Adamant cares about what type of mana you've spent to cast the spell. So say here's Embereth Paladin. It's a four mana human knight with haste and it's a four one. Normally, that's pretty decent. Four mana, four one. It's good for limited. It's kind of it can kind of make it into a mod, like into the standard deck, like for a mono red deck. It's like the top end curve once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's better is it has adamant. If at least three red mana was spent to cast this spell, Embereth Paladin enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. So this four mana, four one with haste becomes a four mana, five two with haste. So it's just a little bit bigger, a little bit more damage, and it kind of rewards people for playing just straight monocolored decks or having a lot of the same colored mana. Um, there's also sorceries and stuff with adamant on it um, that do different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite example of it so far is the card called Slaying Fire. So it's three mana, deal three damage to any target at instant speed, but if you paid all red mana for it, it deals four instead. So it looks like Adamant spells are all going to be at least three mana by the looks of it. Um, uh, Adamant cares for three or more. So, yeah, most of these spells will probably be at three mana or more. Um, yeah, so, like, they're they're interesting for sure. Um, like, we have, we have one in white and we have them in red, and those are the only ones we've seen so far. Yeah, these, they tend to be focused on the knights. Yeah, it, which, it seems like they're the, the knights mechanic. Which, looking at like what they said, is there's color-aligned courts, and there's five of them. So there might be knights from, like, in, like blue, or knights in, like, green, or knights in, like, white. Which we have, it's, it's a thing. We've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Knight's not, like, a color-specific thing, but... Uh, so adamant might not be color specific to just like the red, the white, like knights, but it could be like we could see other knights like in you know, a blue knight that does something weird, like draws cards or something, or a green knight that makes another token. 
Um, I know there's black knights running around somewhere in the spoiler. I saw them a couple of times, but I haven't seen any with adamant on it yet. So we don't know exactly what they all will do. Um, but adamant looks like it'll be fun. It'll be nice to kind of like find the balancing act of can I play two colors and still use my adamant triggers to get the most out of my spells without all the check lands that we had in standard previous. So now all we all we'll, all we'll have is the shock lands, right? For dual color lands, the shock um, lands and that's all that comes to mind because Ixalan rotates out and we lose Dragon Skull Summit, Drown Catacombs and all those ally colors and then Dominaria also rotates out so we lose all the enemy color ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all we'll have is whatever duels they give us if any in this set, which it's not looking like a whole lot. At the moment, anyway. Yeah, that could change between now and then, though. Uh, and uh, the Shocklands for Ravnica. Yep. And the Gates, of course, but like, mm. unless you're playing Gate-specific decks, you're not really wanting to play Gates. Last mechanic, everyone's favorite. Yeah, food. <laughs> food is reminiscence of a clue token from uh, Shadows of Innistrad. But instead uh, of... Um, Drawing a card, you pay two and tap it and sacrifice it to gain three life. Um, Which I feel like that's like a good rate for life. Yeah, it's like that's fine. too generic. And here's three life. It's like, oh my goodness, this is actually really good. So my uh, favorite card using this new food mechanic, uh, we have Gilded Goose, which is a green mana. For a single green mana, you have a zero two bird with flying. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, make a food. Uh, you can pay one in a green to tap it to create a food, and then you can tap it to sack a food and add one of any color. So, like, very obvious callback to Birds of Paradise. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very excited to actually play with this card because I think it's going to be very, very good. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of ways to make food in this set. Um, I think the Planeswalker Oko makes a food. He does make a food. So I don't that's kind of cool. I don't think Oko's very good, though. No, it itself is very good, but there's like there's ways to make food like through through the planeswalker, through the creatures. Um, I know in the Jund Brawl deck is Gluttonous Troll, and he cares about food and in the number of opponents you have and things like that. And he, it's kind of cool. Um, have you played any on any of the Brawl decks not. yet, dude? I have not. I've I've played. A couple couple games so far, and I'm probably going to come home and play a couple more um, after I get done this afternoon. This brawl format's really cool. The pre-constructed decks they have are... The ones I've played against are all really, really good. Uh, I've been playing the Bant uh, True Lane deck. Uh, for those who don't remember, this is Bant and 2 for a 2-4 with Vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield... And then he has three tap return a creature you control to its owner's hand. So you just like like all this ramp to like get to your big your big spells where you just have like meteor golems and thorn mammoths and like all this really good top end to just like smash your opponent. It's it's I've a lot of people really like that deck, the Bant deck. I heard he's really fun to play with. I'm very excited and it's probably gonna be one of the the pre pre cons that I buy. Um, I've also heard people really like the Esper Fairy one. See, I was not impressed against it when I played against it. I just, like, smashed them. 
<laughs> it's just something people would like to play with. And then you've told me specifically the Jun Dragon one is kind of meh. It looks meh on paper. Um, and then, and like, then I've heard the night one is just god awful by people who've actually played it. I've heard it's just miserable. Yeah, on again on paper the night one looks cool, but I think it is just awful. <laughs> yeah, like you have a Colossus hammer in there because your your commander gives equipped knights for zero. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. I don't think it's good, but. I I yeah. for sure am going to pick up this Bant one just because I think I think out of the box the Bant one is the best and I think once you upgrade it I think the Bant one has the highest ceiling. Yeah, the Bant one for sure has the highest thing, ceiling. Being able to just like have a brawl commander that does things with the board state is usually pretty good. Um, I'm also very interested in playing Garrick, playing Garrick as my commander. Um. I have looked into Prime Speaker Vanifer because we're getting Corridor Monitor, which is like two mana untapped by Vanifer to go into three. So you get to so go good. one into three, basically. Yeah, like I get to turn. Here's my one. Here's whatever my one drop was. Yeah, here's my Gilded Goose into whatever. Into Whatever, whatever three, three drop, drop I want have, it to be. Yeah. If my three drop untaps, I can turn that into a four. If my four drop untaps, I can turn that into a five. I can keep going up the chain to find, say, Ravager Worm or something and just start nuking people. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Ravager Worm's not in your colors. No, but it, you get the idea. Some yeah. big goofy six or six or seven, seven. That's just like, oh, here's my siege worm. <laughs> um. But yeah, like the goal is eventually is to hopefully find enough cards that either a blink or uh, flicker like things that untap Vanifer to get to uh, the big, big buy a box from <laughs> what was it? It's the big worm. Uh, I can't remember its name. Imper- impervious Great Worm. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's the goal. I want to see how I can get to that. If we can get if we can get to that. We can do anything. In oh, doesn't that cost 16? Yep. I don't think you're getting there. We might. We don't know what Throne of Eldraine has for me, but we <laughs> you, get there. You are correct. We could have 10 through 15 drops in, in Eldraine. Yep. Easy peasy. I highly doubt it, though. But if I could do that, if I could do that in Brawl with Prime Speaker Vanifer, anybody can do anything in Brawl like and still have fun. <laughs> Is that going to be it for this week, man? I think that'll do it for us. Alrighty, everyone. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter. Um, podcast is under Attack for Zero. You can find myself under uh, Carter Noble twenty five. You can find Carl under Musical underscore thirty three. Um, our Twitch information is down in the inform- in the show notes as well. If you want to go like and follow us on there as well, um, we have a Discord. Make sure you join in it so you can actually come and communicate with us what you want to hear what you want to see all that good stuff um questions comments concerns emails down in the show notes as well um past that i think that is going to be it um we'll be back next week to talk a little bit about indie recap we have a couple mcqs we're going to go play next weekend yeah and we have syracuse preview yep legacy yeah, so we'll, we'll, we will figure it all out then. 
Um, until then, have a good one. Peace.